morning. This morning's going to be a little bit different, so um, hope you're ready for that. If not, you have about 15 minutes to prepare yourself <laughs> at the most. Um, so we are 6-8 Church. Anyone know what today is? June 8th. So, you know, with all the power vested in me, I have declared this a national holiday <laughs> for our church. And, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, holidays don't work the same way in the church. You don't take the day off. You work harder. So um, we're going to do something just a little bit different today. We're going to have a really short service, and then we're going to break up into teams of two to four people, and we're going to go out into the community, and we're going to pick up trash. We've got some, some trash bags. We have gloves back there, too. Yes, gloves. So, you can, so if you're, if you're um, yes, if you don't like getting dirty, or your name is Kenan, he's not even in here to enjoy that, so... Um, you, can, you can get the gloves and pick up the trash. But we just, you know, we want to go out and, and make a difference in the community. So I'll explain more about that at the end here. One quick announcement going into the sermon. Next week is Father's Day, and for Father's Day, we want to have pie for dad. So um, if you could bring a pie, if you're capable of bringing a pie, would you bring a pie next week and help us uh, give dads a good, a good pie-licious Father's Day? <laughs> Any kind of pie. Good pie. What's that? I'm on the other side of that bandwagon, so we'll just leave it. Leave it there. Go GMO. Um, So, um, so, but we want to have a good Father's Day next week and, uh, and celebrate fathers, and most dads I know like pie, so if you don't like pie, we'll, we'll give you a, a green bean or something. But um, real short message this morning, I, I kind of want to start by telling a story. Um, not going to be a real long story. Uh, we're going to be in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, if you want to open your Bibles to that or get out your phone and go to Acts 1. It's not going to be on the screen this morning, so... Um, but uh, a couple of nights ago, I was out in the yard. Uh, you know, I just fixed the hose. You know, and I was kind of uh, beating myself up because we've had this broken hose for like two years, and then you know, it took me like 15 minutes to fix. And it's like, why do I wait? Why do I put stuff like that off? But I did, and so I finally got it together. And so I'm out watering the garden because you know the hose reaches now, and so you can um, it reached before. You just had to pull the whole hose out. Um, but we, I was out watering the garden, and the kids are kind of off. Now, um, we live in a flag lot, and what that means is basically that we have about seven neighbors. So um, we have, you know, the two neighbors, like everyone would normally have if you live in a neighborhood, that are, that are on the left and the right of the house. But then, then we have a neighbor there and a neighbor here. This is if you're standing in the backyard looking out towards the street. So one there, one there, one there, one there, one there and kind of one in this corner, and then there's these guys over here. So, um, but as, you know, the, so if you're, if you're counting, so there's this house, this house, and then right here in the corner, 
of our yard is, is another house. And um, our yard kind of slopes down in that direction, so their house sits down quite a bit further than ours. And the fence kind of goes down with it, so there's a part of the fence where it's only about three feet high, and um, the kids can, can look over the fence. They can see over the fence. Now, this is a new couple that's lived there, um, just moved in just recently. But um, before that, there was an older couple, and they loved talking to our kids. So anytime our kids were out there, they'd kind of go over and, and talk to them. And, and the kids would talk back and forth over the fence. And I think they knew their names, even though we probably didn't know their names. And they, they kind of had this fun you know, relationship with them. And then, then I think the, the husband of the, and the relationship died. They were pretty old. And then the, the mom probably moved in with someone else. And so they moved out and sold the house. And, and this, new, this new family moved in, another older couple, and they have, have a younger daughter. Well, um, you know, our kids, especially two of them, the two-year-old and the three-year-old, Harper and Harry, um, had been throwing stuff over the fence without us really knowing about it. And they have dogs, and, and they bark a lot. And so I'm, I'm just guessing, I'm assuming the best about my children, that, that they were just throwing stuff over there to try to play with the dogs they wanted to. Uh, play with the dogs that were barking at them. And so um, they're kind of sitting in the corner. There's this pile of dirt out there that they're playing with, and probably every once in a while they throw something over. And um, I'm out there watering the garden, and I, I hear Hannah going into the house saying that the neighbor wants to talk to Mommy. And so um, I was already out there, so I went out and went over to talk to the neighbor. And um, the, the older couple was just, you know, kind of pleasant, but, but saying, you know, we'd appreciate it if your kids didn't throw stuff over the fence and, you know, we don't want our dogs to get a hold of that. But there was their daughter, I'm assuming, um, was not so pleasant and was just yelling and just, ah, you know, really? Just kind of giving the other, really? You know, there was one board that had a nail in it, which yeah, I probably would have said, a board? Are you kidding me? It was kind of, you know, she was just kind of going off and, you know, yelling at the kids. And I, I, I turned and, and made the kids apologize and uh, turned off all of my natural instincts to defend my kids and, and yell back. Um, but um, I, I was thinking about it and like, and there was, there was just this moment when I was kind of thinking about my response and, and, I, and I just had this, this realization, this, this kind of awakening, if you will, that, that, that my response in this situation could very well determine their reception of the gospel. That if I responded in the wrong way and, you know, they were to find out that I'm a Christian and a pastor and, and I responded in, in the really wrong way, then, then their, um, their re- reaction to my response could very well be to, to, never, to never follow Christ ever. And so I had to, to deny my, uh, my natural instinct, which the first idea that I had was to have our kids write uh, apology letters and throw them over the fence. <laughs> We, we didn't do that. Still might. It depends on how things go. I'll just, um, but, um, but I just, I kind of had this realization that if I, if I do something like that, if, I, if that's my response, then what is her response going to be to me if I ever have the opportunity to share the gospel? What's her response going to be to me if I ever have the opportunity to, to kind of be a Christ-like example to her? And as we, as we kind of prepare for what we're going to do today, that, that's really all I want us to start thinking about as a church is, is how is the world seeing Christ in me? How is the world seeing Christ in you? How is the world cri- seeing Christ in us as a church? When, when we're out, like I've said, this is not the most important thing I do. In fact, what I say is not the most important thing that happens in the week. It's how we live out in the world. 
And that's the most important thing. We have this thing called 8 to 15. And, and if you don't know, if you haven't been around, we haven't talked about it in a little while. What, what that means is that God has put 8 to 15 people in each of our lives that we already know, that we already have a relationship. We're already connected with these people. And he's already put them there so that we can reach them for his kingdom. And so, so we are supposed to be intentionally investing in that relationship for kingdom purposes. And I think we have, to, we have to start to approach our relationships with our 8 to 15 in that way so that, so that we're not jeopardizing the chance that the gospel might have at taking root in their life. And we have to do that in, in all circumstances. And every chance we get, we, we need to be ready to be the living gospel. We need to be ready to be living out what Jesus has called us to do. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is just after... Um, after Jesus has risen from the dead, and, and the disciples are all gathered. They're trying to figure out what to do. And so Jesus kind of comes out, and this is right before he ascends up to heaven. Today is Pentecost Sunday. If you don't know what that means, that means that this is 50 days after Easter. And that this, if you want to know what happened on Pentecost Sunday, you can read Acts chapter 2 and see what happens, especially in the later half of the chapter. That's what happens on Pentecost and that's why we celebrate it today. But the Holy Spirit, you know, kind of came down and, and filled the room, and they received the Holy Spirit, and they were finally empowered to go. But this was 50 days before Pentecost, before, um, uh, not quite 50 days, maybe, I don't know, sometime in between Jesus' resurrection and Pentecost, Jesus says this. I'm going to start in verse 6. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? See, they had in mind that, that Jesus was going to come and build a kingdom on earth, that the Messiah was going to come and he was going to build a physical kingdom on the earth, and that that kingdom would then start to take over the world and they'd finally get the world domination they've been looking for. And so they're asking, is this the time? Is it, are, are you going to start to set up the kingdom? Are you going to restore the kingdom now? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. And here's our verse for today. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And my simple question for you this morning for us is, are we witnesses? Are we witnesses? I, I wrote a little bit about this on the blog this last week. You can go, go read some of that if you're, if you're interested in reading just a little bit more, knowing a little bit more. But, but the basic idea of a witness is somebody who what? Who has observed a crime and they go to court and give a testimony of what they saw, right? They observe something happen and they go into some kind of official courtroom, official you know, legal place, and they, they give an account, they give a testimony, they tell what they had seen. And so Jesus is telling the people who had seen all of this stuff, who had seen him live, had seen him die, and seen him come back to life, he's saying, you're my witnesses. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, to be a witness, you have to have seen something. Um, so, so what does that mean for us? Well, how do we see Jesus in our day and age? How do we see what Jesus has done? And, and I explained a little bit uh, in that article that, that we're not looking for the physical 
presence of Jesus. That would be awesome. I would love to have that. But that's not what we're looking for. And even though this, this would be great, this isn't what we're looking for either. You know, we kind of look for the, the miraculous changes in people's lives. And, and, you know, I'd love to see more of that. I'd love to see more people come to Christ and just miraculously receive the power of the Holy Spirit to, to conquer whatever it was that was dragging them down in their life. But what we see Jesus doing in the hearts and lives of people is, is a little change, a little, a little step-by-step progression that if you look at your life from where you were a year ago today to where you are now, you, you see that you've grown, that you've changed, you progress, you become more like Christ over the last couple of years, and that's what we're witnessing. That is our witness. We are, we are seeing Jesus transform the lives of people around us. And so as you come in here today on 6-8 day and you think about, about what does it mean to be a witness, it's really simple. All you have to do is think about all of the lives that you've seen change in the last year. Think about the 15 people who have been baptized since last September. Think about the, the stories of, of, of people who have, who have been far from God, who are now walking with God, and who, who are making little transitions, little steps, a little bit every more, a little bit more every single day to follow Jesus, to be more like Jesus, to live like Jesus. That's what we're witnessing. And then, of course, we also witness the power of Christ in our own lives. We, we witness Jesus through the Holy Spirit doing a miraculous work in our own life and, and the gospel taking root a little more each day, digging down a little, bit, a little bit deeper every single day in our hearts and in our lives. But to be a witness, you have to actually share something. You actually you have to be something. You have to do something. You have to put something out there that you haven't before put out there wouldn't make much sense for a witness who had observed a crime to come into the courtroom and sit there in silence. It wouldn't make much sense for, for a witness who, who held the key to someone's, you know, someone's life destination, whether they're going to sit and rot in jail or they're going to go free, for that person to come and then just sit in silence and say nothing. So are you being a witness are we being a witness? Am I being a witness? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If you know the geography, you know that Jerusalem was, was where everything started. And then um, Judea and Samaria was, was the next branch out. Now Judea was kind of a, was a bigger province where Jerusalem was and Samaria actually was a, a, a place that most Jews we've talked about would not go because of, of racial irreconciliation. I don't know what that word is. Racial divides, racial divisions. Um, they wouldn't go to Samaria because they, they didn't like the Samaritans. And so they would stay out there. But see, Jesus says, you start with Jerusalem, you start with your local place, and you go to Judea, you spread out a little bit, and Samaria, that place you don't want to go, the place you don't think you should go, and to the ends of the earth. For us, I think our Jerusalem is our 8 to 15. I think our Jerusalem is the 8 to 15 people God has already put in our lives. It's, it's those, those people that come to mind when I say that phrase, 8 to 15, the names that, that come to mind, that those are the people that we're supposed to be going to and being a witness to. We're supposed to be going to them and sharing the love of Jesus Christ with those people. That's our Jerusalem. That's, that's where we start. And then Judea and Samaria, well, I would, I would consider that, you know, um, Vancouver and Samaria would be Portland where nobody wants to go. And I'm kidding. 
case you really like Portland. Oregon, maybe California would have been better. I don't know. Idaho, Montana. Yeah, nobody wants to go to Montana. Okay, Montana. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's the next region out. It's the next step out. And, and that's kind of what we're going to be working in today. That's where we're going today. It's, it's kind of our Judea. It's, it's, it's the boundary that, the, the, our, that we meet in. You know, this is not, this building is not the church of 6-8. We, the people, are 6-8 church. And so when we are out in the world, we are the church wherever we are. But for today, we're gathered together here. And for today, Judea is going to be Lake Shore to Hazeldale Avenue, 78th to 99th Street, and just a little bit outside of that if you pick the right route. But being 6'8 church, thinking in terms of being a witness, we want to be a church that does justice, loves mercy, and walks humbly. None of those are things that you can just do without doing something. So we want to be a church that does something. We want to be a church that that tries to make a difference. We don't want to just sit back and wait for things to happen around us. We want to be intentional and actively pursuing the work of God in our lives and in our community. We're not going to wait for God to to bring people to us. We're going to go out and find people who need God. We're not going to wait for God to bring service opportunities to us. If he does, we'll praise him for that, but we're going to go out and look for the opportunities that we have to serve. We're not going to wait for opportunities to be merciful and to show mercy to those who need it. We're going to go out and look for them. We're not going to wait for opportunities to walk humbly. We're going to learn to walk humbly every single day. We are going to be a people who do what God has called us to do. We're not merely going to talk about it. We're not going to say we're this kind of church. We have to be a church that does something. And so today we're going to go do something. doesn't seem like much, but... But if you have one conversation, if if somebody sees you and they see your shirt, if somebody sees you and they ask what you're doing and you just have this opportunity to say, well, we're from 6-8 Church and we're just trying to to make a difference in our community. Sure, picking up trash isn't something that's very eternally significant, but building a relationship and a way for that person to connect to Jesus Christ through us is is very eternally significant. So we're going to go out and do that. If you remember, maybe probably uh, many of you don't because um, it's really easy to forget things. As, as we work through our 8 to 15, one of the things we're supposed to be doing is, is called pray and expect. Pray and expect. We pray for God to create opportunities for us to invest in a relationship, and then we expect him to create those opportunities. We pray for for God to create the opportunities, and then we expect it to happen. So this morning, as we go out, that's, what I, that's how I would like us to go out. And as, as you're walking around picking up trash, I would like you to kind of have this prayer in the back of your mind. It's a real simple prayer. It's a, it's a real short prayer we've talked about before. But um, Paul says in 2 Corinthians that, that the eyes of the unbelieving are closed. The eyes of their heart are closed until, until God starts to open their eyes so that they can see things of Christ. And so we need God to open the eyes of their heart so that they can be ready to receive the things of Christ. 
And so as you're walking down a street and just you, you don't have to pray it out loud, just kind of keep, keep praying it in your head as you see a house. You, God, would you open the eyes of their hearts? Send your Holy Spirit to open the eyes of their hearts. Send your Holy Spirit to open their minds to hear the gospel. Send your Holy Spirit to, to open the eyes of this, of this house, the eyes of the people who live here, the eyes of the people who walk here. Just kind of pray that prayer as you walk around, and, and I fully expect that God will begin to open their eyes to the things of God and that we will have opportunities to share with them. So we're going to break up into groups of two to four people. We've got routes in the back where Jim is sitting. As we, as we break up and you start to head out the door, then you can just pick up a route on your way out. That rhymed. Pick up a route on your way out, and then, and then just go take the route, pick up any trash you see, and look for opportunities to talk to someone. And then we're having a potluck after that, so you can invite them back for a free lunch if they want to come back. And we're going to open that time up for sharing if you have a testimony or story that you want to share about how God has done something in your life over the last year through 6-8 Church. You'll be able to share that and then have an opportunity maybe to share with an unbeliever the work that God is doing and not even know it, and God might use you to reach somebody for eternity today. It's that simple. And if you're shy and don't want to talk to anyone, you can just get a stack of business cards and, and hand them a business card to the church and say, have a nice day. But be polite, be warm, be welcoming, be open, open to, to talking to someone. I'm not expecting there to be a whole lot of people out because it's Sunday morning, they're probably all sleeping. But if you see someone, be polite, be, be inviting, and invite them back for lunch. So I'm going to ask us to all stand. We're going to go out right now. And um, I want to pray for us as we go out. As we're going out the doors, we're going to take the offering as you're leaving. So if you want to, um, if you want to give to the, to the church and the work that we're doing, you can do that just as you walk out the doors. We're not going to take the formal offering this morning. So put the, put the money or whatever, you, whatever tithes and offerings you have in the baskets by the doors on your way out. Um, but I just want to pray for us and, and pray that, that we, will, we will have opportunities, that we will have a chance to, to make a difference in someone's life this morning as we go out and then come back ready to celebrate what God has done in our church. Father, I thank you for, I thank you for opening the door for me and my family to come here and serve at 6-8. I thank you for all that you've done in our lives as a result of that. I thank you for the last 16 months that you have that you've been at work in this place, that you've been changing people's lives, and I'm humbled and honored that you've used me to do some of that. And we are all honored that you have chosen us to, to make a difference in everyone's life. Father, I pray that less and less we would be dependent on my words and less and less we would be dependent on this time together on Sunday mornings and that more and more we would be filled with your spirit to live like Christ in the world in front of our 8 to 15, that they may see you in us. Father, I pray this morning as we go out that you would fill us with your spirit so that we can be abounding in love, that we would go out with love in our hearts, with mercy in our hearts, and that we would walk humbly in this community, picking up trash, picking up and touching the things that nobody else wants to touch, and beautifying this place and just getting ourselves out there so that people know that we are here ready to serve them. God, I pray for opportunities. I pray that we would have a chance to talk to someone and that you would give us the opportunity this morning to to invest in that person, invest in their life, and invite them back here for a free lunch and an experience with a body who loves you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.